Hi there and welcome to episode 24 of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. I'm your host Steph Caswell and I'm excited you're here today. This podcast is for non-fiction writers who are looking to write a book in their niche to showcase their expertise and take their business to the next level. If that is you, you're in the right place because nothing can elevate your brand, your business or you like a book can. So if you're about to start your writing journey or maybe you're already on it, you are so welcome in the Happy Writers community. Because writing can be lonely, it can be overwhelming, it can be downright bloody hard work. So this podcast is here to support you as much as you need as you embark on this exciting and maybe mildly terrifying journey. So without further mention of fear or terror, let's dive into today's episode, all about writer's block. How apt. Writer's block is going to happen to you. You will read what little you've written lately and see with absolute clarity that it's total dog shit. Thank you, Anne Lamott. What a great way to start the episode. Writer's block is a curse or a disease on many unsuspecting writers when actually it's procrastination in disguise. And that's something we've all experienced in one way or another. I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be this way, as in this episode, you're going to discover some different ways to beat the block, take action and get some consistency back into your writing life. As with anything, the more you understand writer's block, the more likely it is you'll find solutions that work. Now that you know it's a form of procrastination, you need to understand procrastination better in order to beat it. According to research done by the legendary author and motivational speaker Mel Robbins, procrastination is a form of stress relief. You have something on your to-do list that's challenging and so for instant relief from the pressure, you procrastinate. But that stress relief is only temporary. Sooner or later, you berate yourself for not doing the task. And to relieve that stress? Yep, you guessed it. You procrastinate even more. Procrastination, therefore, is a habit. One that most of us adopt to varying degrees. But it's a habit, nonetheless. So what's the cure? Is there a way of getting out of the procrastination loop and beating writer's block? Well, yes. And there's one word you need to cling on to here. Action. Procrastination, aka writer's block, absolutely hates it when you take decisive action. So, as tempting as it is to redesign the kitchen cupboards or laminate the floor, the only way to take control of the block is to power on through. Now, you may well be yelling at me right now and you you know you need to take the action, but you just can't do it. It's like you're physically stuck. The thought of writing your chapter or your section is just too much to consider. You feel yourself reaching for the toolbox again to put together another filing cabinet just to ease the tension. But powering on through doesn't have to be as painful or impossible as you might think. So here are some solutions. Number one, use the five second rule. Now, if you listen to season one or you know me at all, you will know that Mel Robbins and her five second rule 
is one of the things that I talk about the most when it comes to procrastination, when it comes to writer's block, when it comes to taking action, because it works. It works so much that the 54321 five second rule is the next tattoo that's going onto my wrist because I realize how much influence it's had in my life. And occasionally, when I'm procrastinating, I need a reminder of it. So the five second rule is simple. You count back from five to zero and then you take action. And it's about interrupting that part of the brain. So when you make a decision, the brain goes through your emotional part of the brain to make that decision. Do you feel like getting up? No. Do you feel like writing today's chapter? Absolutely not. It's the feeling part that's the problem. If you can eliminate how you feel about doing something, you're more likely to do it. And that's where the five second rule comes into its own. It's actually neuroscientifically proven to be effective because there's actually a five second gap between you making thinking you've got to make a decision and the emotional part of the brain kicking in and convincing you that actually no, you'd rather just put your feet up and do something different or laminate the floor, whichever one you feel like. So five second rule interrupts that emotional part and gives you that logical step and that's what you need. You just, once you count back from five, when you get to zero, just literally go. Whatever you're doing, be it trying to get up in the morning, lie there and you're thinking, I really don't want to get up. I really don't feel like getting up. I'm really tired. Five, four, three, two, one, sit up. And honestly, I use it every morning and it works. I use it for my writing. I sit down. I know I've got a writing sprint to do. I open my Google Doc. I five, four, three, two, one, start typing. And it just stops you talking yourself out of it and that's important it's so powerful and if I haven't said this enough in season one then I apologize because I'm going to say it a lot in season two as well so please try it and if you want to learn more about it you can either get Mel's book which is funnily enough called the five second rule or you can watch her TED talk where she explains it brilliantly in about 20 minutes okay next step for you break your writing task down into chunks so your perception of the task ahead and how well you think you're going to be able to do it is a big block for many people. I'm going to share with you now, I'm doing, I'm just about coming to the end of a ghost writing project where I'm writing a book um, for somebody. And there's a part of the book, particularly, I think it's the introduction, and there's a section in there where I don't feel as though I've got quite enough information about this particular story that needs to be included. And you will be amazed at the ways I've tried to avoid doing this section because I know it's going to be cognitively more challenging for me to put it together. It's a section, one section in one chapter. I have danced around this section by doing every other section. I mean, the entire book rather than going back to that section and just doing it. Now, my perception of that section is that it's going to be hard. Uh, I am going to have to really use all my effort. I'm going to have to use all my experience to write that part of it because I don't feel at the moment like I can do a very good job of it. And it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But if I break it down into manageable chunks, I know that I can get that bit written. So it might be that if you're doing something similar, if you've got a section of your book and you know it's going to be harder than maybe the rest of it or the most of it, then actually sit down and write down what is it 
that is actually causing me to feel or you to feel that way about that section? And how can I think to myself, right, I'm just going to write maybe a couple of sentences and then I'm going to give myself a break from it. And it sounds crazy, but it actually does work. The reason that this happens to us is that when we think we're going to find something challenging, our brains look for a way to prove to us that we're right. And it's called confirmation bias. So what your brain will do is it will recall from its memory all the times that you found this particular thing difficult or that you found things difficult and how it makes you feel, right? So I know that every time I feel that I'm maybe not going to write something brilliantly, I'll draw on those memories. My brain will be like, oh, do you remember when you didn't think you'd be able to do that? Do you remember what that was like? Or when you tried to write this piece that time and God, do you remember how hard that was? So what my brain is doing is actually just saying, yeah, you are going to find this hard. You know, good luck to you. So what you need then is a quick relief and chunking down the task into smaller steps and doing maybe a couple of sentences or even just free writing what it is about the section that is causing you an issue, the better. So break down things into chunks. If it's a section, just write one paragraph. If it's a chapter that you're you know procrastinating about, just write one section. You know, don't think about the whole thing. Try to to really bring your brain back into, right, I've just got to write these next two sentences and it can really, really help. Because what I love about writing and obviously anything is that sooner or later, those two sentences, those, those two paragraphs, that section becomes the book. You know, it's just time, it's patience, it's perseverance. Um, and again, this is where your outline is going to come into its own because you can go back and think about what notes did you make when you were doing your outline to help you. Okay, the third thing for tackling writer's block is that consistent habits, right? So people may advocate writing when you feel like it, but I strongly advise caution here. There's an author called Jack London who wrote Call of the Wild and he said, you can't wait for inspiration, you have to go after it with a club don't wait basically for the muse or the moment to take you it won't only consistent action will encourage it to come out of hiding and I think I spoke on the podcast last season about this is that motivation we wrongly think is the thing that's going to help us start whatever we need to do but actually motivation comes as a result of doing it that's why Mel's 54321 can often help because it breaks that emotional attachment to the task you do the task and then afterwards like if I log my word count on a spreadsheet I feel super motivated to carry on but that's only as a result of doing it you cannot rely on motivation alone and establishing good writing habits is the answer to a lot of procrastination problems a lot of writer's block problems if you have a tiny habit if you say to yourself I'm going to write 200 words today if you just commit to that you will still get a sense of achievement and more often than not when I've done that I will then continue to write because I'm then in momentum, right? I've, I've started and I'm going to continue because I've just got into my writing and the flow has come. But if you really think to yourself, I've got to write a thousand words, I've got to write, you know, I've got to write two chapters today, you will procrastinate, you will feel blocked because it's a lot. Break it down, like I said, and then write every day if you can, 30 minutes a day. That's all you need to get your book written. Next, I want you to think about perfectionism. Most cases of writer's block happen because we set our expectations too high. 
right? We read the books on the shelves in the bookshop and imposter syndrome kicks in. Will we ever be able to write like that? Why can't we write like that? Why is this person so much better than us? It's just this feeling that you're never going to match up to, insert name of favourite author here. But rest assured, you know, all the books you see in the shops have been through a shit load of edits and rewrites. It's not the writer's first attempt, nor will it be yours. At the first draft stage, when most cases of writer's block rear their ugly heads, you have to try and avoid perfectionism. You have to vomit on the page. You just have to get it down there. Just write as though no one is reading it because my lovely person nobody is other than yourself no one will necessarily see this unless you want them to so write with that freedom in mind get rid of the weight of other people's expectations because no one's going to read it in this state just write and write exactly what you want to write how you want to write it because editing is where you can make the changes you can take things out you can put things back in it's really all about just getting yourself to write whatever it is you need to write so let that first draft be shitty let it be terrible you know just write in the best way you can at this point editing is where the magic happens and my final point around writer's block is finding acceptance i'm going to go back to anne lamott here because she said the word block suggests that you are constipated or stuck when the truth is you are empty. Accepting you're stuck or you're blocked is such a brilliant way to get rid of procrastination or writer's block. Be kind to yourself and acknowledge the feeling for what it is. You are stressed about the prospect of writing. That's not unheard of. All writers at some point will feel that way. All the writers you admire and respect For me, it's usually in the depths of the boggy middle of my manuscript and I get a real sense of, oh, I just have nothing left to give this. In her book, Bird by Bird, which if you haven't read, I adore it, Anne suggests writing anything you can think of, even if it's unrelated to the book. A stream of consciousness, thoughts about the day, a funny thing that happened on the bus, anything just to get something down and then step back. Step away for a few days, do other things uh, because you need to replenish that cup of ideas, that cup of creativity and enthusiasm. And often by taking a few days away, doing stuff that you love, that builds up your creativity reserves, if you like, uh, what you need. Because as she says, you're empty. You've emptied out everything you possibly can and you, you have nothing. You've got no reserves to draw on. So accept that you're going to be out of ideas for a few days. It's okay. It's such an important part of the process because when we're exhausted, we have to refill our cups, don't we? I think Anne is very famous in this book for talking about the only people we don't recharge are ourselves. When you think about recharging phones and things like that, you know, it's about the fact that we will let ourselves become depleted without recharging ourselves. Um, So take the time to recharge and walk, take loads of walks, read something different, you know, listen to music, just do stuff you love because it will make all the difference. And if that's a box set binge, do it, whatever works for you. And soon you'll find that you've got the ideas back again. Your cup is refilled and you can get back to your book. I really hoped you enjoyed today's episode about writer's block and it has given you some strategies to help you next time you're struck down with it. Just remember, it happens to everyone from time to time. So if you need to reach out and cry to anyone about it, 
you know where to find me. Before you turn off, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Much like book reviews, podcast reviews can make all the difference in getting more listeners and spreading the Creating Happy Writers message. And if you know another writer who'd enjoy these episodes, do share it with them too. You can give me a shout out on social media using the hashtag creatinghappywriters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me at stephcaswell.com and on Instagram and Facebook at creatinghappywriters. If you'd like further support to write your book in your niche, you can buy a copy of my book, Dare to Write, How to Confidently Write a Non-Fiction Book to Grow Your Business, which takes you on the journey from initial idea to publication. And it was a finalist in this year's Business Book Awards, so you know that I've got a fair good idea of what you need to include. You can also join the community by subscribing to my fortnightly newsletter, The Right Stuff. It's full of ideas and advice about writing and publishing. All links are in the show notes. So until next time, happy writing.